Hello. Welcome and thank you for joining us and listening to our podcast, The God Beyond the Bible. Our podcast is released weekly each Friday. The content of each episode is based on the questions and curiosities we all have about God and the Bible. Many of our topics are considered taboo in the minds of the mainstream church. You will find our discussions to be, I think, refreshing and often far from traditional. But we don't just skirt around these complex issues, but confront them head on, and not in the way you're used to hearing them discussed on typical Christian talk shows. I'm Alan Rowland, creator and host of The God Beyond the Bible. As of the launch of this podcast, I've been a pastor for more than 35 years. My co-host is my daughter, Trayson, and our engineer, co-producer, is my daughter, Tabitha. Our mission is to encourage our audience, along with us, to open our minds to the reality that God is simply too big to be fully explored or experienced by the reading and studying of a single ancient work. In short, the Bible's not the sum of God, and to think this is to limit what He has done, is doing, and what He will do in our future. So with introductions made, thank you for listening, and let's dive into the topic of the day. And welcome, Seekers, to episode number 47 of God Beyond the Bible. Um, Our shout-outs for today are to Debbie Willoughby, who's always listening, and I forget to mention her. Wow, Debbie, yeah. How can we we miss Deb? Another one that I really forget sometimes, even though he never misses an episode, is DJ. Oh, really? Yeah, he always listens, and we talk about him, and since I see him in person, I forget. Okay, I won't make that vehicles on the highway going by or a helicopter going over. I keep hearing something. I know, in the but headphones. I, don't, I don't think it's. I here. thought it was. I thought it was somebody. Pull. I'm sorry, I didn't mean. No, it. you're now, fine. Now, who was the other person <laughs> that you forgot? To DJ. DJ. Okay, DJ. Right. And right. also to our growing listener base in Australia, we're super glad to have you guys on board. You only try to do an names. Aussie. You only try to do an Aussie accent. Oh, it might ter- make them cringe. It's, it's always English. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, is it me? It is. Last episode, of course, was number 46. That stands to reason this is number 47. We discussed the topic of morality, I must admit. It just came out Friday. This is Monday, and I haven't had a chance. It's been a busy weekend. We discussed the topic of morality. We questioned the often-held belief that outside our Judeo-Christian Bible, and often more specifically the law, that there is no morality. We found that, as in the case of Abraham, who received the promise of the Hebrew or Jewish nation, there were people that Abraham encountered who practiced high standards of morality that even brought Abraham's personal level of integrity sometimes into Mm -hmm. question. Namely, when out of fear of the foreign kings and cultures, he would lie and practice deception concerning Sarah being his wife. And upon discovering Abraham's deceptive actions, he'd be reprimanded by those foreign kings. He'd be shamed. (laughs) Right. Okay, today's topic is one that gets a lot of time in Christian circles, and it is on forgiveness. And, of course, I want to go ahead and say, and we'll clear mm-hmm. this up in a little bit, we're not really talking about God's forgiveness toward us. We're, no. we're, we're going to be, this is going to be based on forgiveness one another. Yes. People. People yes. forgiveness. Personal people. relationships. Yeah, so, that's it. Okay. So let's go ahead and dive into segment one. Um, let's give a definition for forgive. It means to give up resentment against or to give up the desire to punish, to pardon an offense or offender, or secondarily, to cancel a debt. Forgiveness is the inclination to forgive. Right. Forgiveness. Right. So you're a forgiver. Uh, and we'll talk about a little more about the definition, but uh, Jesus' parable I got I read today in Matthew 18, and Jesus' parable implies both to forgive a debt, cancel a debt, and to, and I didn't catch this till I read this definition. I thought about that. You remember, remember the, uh, 
uh, parable of the unforgiving debtor where the king said to this guy that owed him like a million dollars. I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing mm-hmm. here. Uh, I think the New Living Translation says a million dollars, but owed him millions of dollars. And the guy, he said, I'm going to have to throw you in jail until you can pay this. Now, my always curiosity was, how do you pay something if you're... But anyway, I'm going to have to imprison you. Jesus tells the parable. Right. The king said, I'm going to have to uh, imprison you until you can pay this debt. And the guy fell on his knees and begged and out of compassion, the the man who was owed the money, the king, I think it says, said, uh, okay, you're forgiven of the debt. It said then the guy promptly went out and found a guy that owed him a few thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And he grabbed him by the throat mm-hmm. and said, you owe me this money and you're going to pay me. And the guy fell on his knees and begged him, said, please forgive me of the debt. And uh, the guy said no and had him thrown into prison. And, had him, and then Jesus goes on and says, then the word got back to the king Mm-hmm. What this guy had done, and then, and of course, uh, so it, but it means to give up resentment against, and it does mean to cancel a debt. But often, that's kind of the way we feel about when we've been hurt. That person knows us. Yeah, there's a debt. There's a death there. Okay, so is forgiveness or the act of forgiving instantaneous? Absolutely no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in other words, does merely uttering the words "I forgive you" to a person who has hurt you mean that everything is all right and the relationship is not affected by that? by the act and you know like again we're reminding you we're talking about human relationships right um i have a friend who's a pastor and she's talked to me through a lot of stuff you know um but here's how she described forgiveness to me she said forgiveness is like putting antibiotic cream on a wound when you think about the offense you remind yourself that you've forgiven the person and you put another layer of antibiotic on it she said and you keep doing this over and over again and she said eventually you reach a point when you think back on that offense and you realize that it doesn't hurt anymore and she said that's when you know you've reached forgiveness that's when the antibiotic has done its job because if you don't keep applying that antibiotic you'll end up with an infection with and, and that's what we're talking about mm-hmm. it's not instantaneous it's a process yes it's it actually is. Uh, well you've probably heard someone use the phrase forgive and forget and some people will say well you know the bible says we're supposed to forgive and forget but what you want to do is when someone tells you that say show me where that is <laughs> yes yeah i may maybe even be shakespeare that actually said that i don't know in what in what it but if it if it were in the bible if the bible said you must forgive and forget that'd be impossible right right mm-hmm. we may develop the ability to forgive but we can't forget the offense. Even long, uh, you know, after a long period of time, uh, when we may have adopted forgiveness, the memory of the offense is always present. It is. It really is. Another misconception of forgiving an offense or the offender is that by forgiving the person or the offense, that we're saying that what they did was okay or what the person did is acceptable or it wasn't wrong or that we weren't deeply hurt or even scarred by it emotionally and or physically. And that's pretty big right there. It is. is. Because a lot of people equate forgiveness with, okay, then that's okay. What you did was okay. And that's certainly not an element of forgiveness. That's not an element. That's not something that's part of forgiveness. And I think sometimes that's what holds us back from forgiving is because we don't want them to think that we're okaying the behavior, you know. Exactly. Or excusing the... Excusing excusing it, it, yeah. An important part of the definition is the part that indicates that the forgiving party gives up or forfeits the desire for the offending party to be punished. In fact, this forfeiture of desire for punishment is often very hard to develop or manage. Sometimes we indicate that when we say, sometimes we indicate that when we say, 
God's punishment will be greater than any <laughs> yeah, I can I give that person for what they've done, indicating that we may we may have forfeited our position as punisher, but we still want that person to be severely punished. And so let's stop out there. Is that really <laughs> forgiveness then? Have we really practiced forgiveness? If we still want them to be severely punished, I just, I'm going to give up my... So that's not really... When I'm in no. that stage, it's usually accompanied by a prayer along the lines. Well, and if I can see it too, that would be... Yeah, that would be really <laughs> wonderful if I could watch it happen, if I could see it come to pass. Definitely. Well, it's important to point out that forgiveness benefits the offended party, not necessarily the offender. So the question is, can an offended party forgive the offender even if the offender never knows the party has forgiven them? I have forgiven several people who were, to quote one of our earlier episodes, who were so toxic to me as a person yeah. that I couldn't go to that person and say, hey, I forgive you, I'm, but I've moved on from it, and well, the because, forgiveness is Because there. you don't want to reestablish and fall right back into the trap of the old no, toxic relationship. Right. You, and, you right. can't do and that. And like Tabitha said, it's I don't want them thinking their behavior was okay either, despite the fact that... I had to forgive them and let go of the pain right? For, for, your, for your own sake. Well, you know, sometimes it feels important for the offended party to let the offender know. <laughs> because in cases, for instance, where it was a physical or sexual assault, the offender wanted to assert their ability to dominate and have complete control over their victim. And the victim finds it important to show the offender that they are not remaining under the emotional control of the offender any longer. And you see that a lot of time in court trials. You do. Mm -hmm. The person's going to testify against someone. That's important to them to mm -hmm. face that person. And, and uh, you know, it's just, yeah. it, it, you know, it, 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 it's important for them to let them know, mm -hmm. you know, that they're not. And some of them do it with forgiveness. Some right. of them have forgiveness, but they let them know that they don't dominate them anymore because that's really what we're talking about here in unforgiveness is we get dominated. We do. That person can dominate us as long as there's unforgiveness. They have dominated us. And the reason forgiveness, if more for the offender than the offended, is that an offensive act that someone has committed against us will dominate and control our emotions. It'll keep us in bondage, if you will, until we accomplish a certain level of forgiveness to liberate our own life. And that's our place that we're going here in this podcast is that if if you've been offended, if you've been hurt, if you are offended and hurt at something that's going, and it may have been something that happened years ago, and I'm going to talk about that here in a little bit in probably the next segment, but it may be something that happened years ago. It's you that's in bondage. It mm -hmm. is. You know, harboring that grudge. And it can overtake your life before you even realize that that's what it is that's oh, it will. eating away it at will. you. And all of us are speaking from personal experience. Personal experience. We're not that's condescending right. no, in any way, shape, or form. Absolutely, absolutely not. And I got the first absolutely in this episode. You did. <laughs> I'm glad to I picked that up from Tracy. And I, <laughs> I laughed at her for using it so much in the very first episode about 50 episodes ago. And now I use it in almost every episode and I can't help it. Okay. Well, in short, the offense will develop into lifelong bitterness and hate. Yes. And will ultimately, in varying degrees, have a negative influence on our ability to develop healthy relationships throughout our whole life. Yeah, and I'm sure everyone at this point, if you haven't been there yourself, you can see the effects oh, of it on somebody else. Somebody else, else yeah. that, they, that they've been, and we'll talk more about that. Okay, so with that thought, we're going to take a moment to regroup, and we will return with part two of episode 47 of God Beyond the Bible.
And welcome back to episode 47 of God Beyond the Bible, the podcast by Seekers and for Seekers. Today's topic is forgiveness, and let's dive into segment two. All right, and let me just go ahead and say, we don't ever say this hardly on the episode because we assume that our listeners listen to this. This may be, if this happens to be your first time, this podcast is released every Friday. Yeah. But that's on the webpage, and all of that stuff is on it there. It is, and so, and uh, I'm so, the far, one... so far, we've kept our word. <laughs> we I was going to say, I'm Friday. the one who releases it, and I try to have it out no later than 8 a.m. Central Time. But sometimes the internet and the computers don't work with me. So if it's a little late, forgive me. And sometimes where you're used to getting it, there may be some kind of little glitch and it don't show up. Try another place. Mm -hmm. That's what I have to do sometimes. Or feel free to send us a message or an email. And it's at the end of the episode how you can contact us and let us know and we'll get it fixed. Yeah. Okay. In part one, as we usually do, we defined our English term forgiveness as the inclination to forgive, and to forgive is defined as to give up resentment against or to give up the desire to punish or to pardon an offense or an offender. Okay, and let's be honest, our ability to forgive is likely to be determined by the severity of, of course. the offense. Yeah, we're not yes. taking, we're not just saying this is a no. one size, no. one time, one size fits all. It might be as simple as someone rushing ahead of you in the checkout line, or they grab that pump at the convenience store. I've never had any of that. <laughs> <laughs> or they perform some other breach of courtesy on the road, or on the other end of the scale, could be a person who has deliberately and with intent committed an act, an act that has affected and changed your life forever. Which obviously is on a whole different level of forgiveness yeah, altogether. Yeah, so you can't just say, well, what you really need to do is... Exactly. I mean, you know, we can't just jump out and say what we really need to do is forgive because forgiveness is really... I guess what we're saying, it, it's based on the severity of the offense, right? Yes. I mean, yes. how deeply the offense cuts us. And before we continue, I think this is a good place for us to point out that there really seems to be a deeply ingrained part of us that tries to find a person or a group of people <laughs> to be at fault or perceived to be the source of our suffering as in the case of suffering some illness that has been leaked linked to a product or an occupation that mm-hmm. we want well for in. instance we may suffer a natural disaster such as a flood tornado hurricane whose destructive force has affected our life in a profoundly negative way and and then we discovered that the forecasters or the agency responsible for warning us or even responding to that Maybe they underestimated the destructive force of the storm, and we find ourselves blaming those people for the disaster itself. Now, the only reason I really threw that in there, Mm because that doesn't seem really fit with the forgiveness thing, but what I want to do is bring up the blame game right here. You know, we are so in society. Why did that happen? Why did that shooter do that? Why did that, you know, we want to blame Mm -hmm. it. Oh, well, it's because of this. It's because of that. It happened because it wouldn't have happened. So, Finding someone to blame for every bad thing that we encounter is really counterproductive to the benefits of forgiveness. I mean, sometimes, let's just be honest, and I'm going to do one of these days. I'm going to write one. It's kind of my wife had suggested I do one on accountability. And just being accountable, sometimes it's hard for us to just take the – Step it up is. and say this is this is really my yeah. fault. So so I don't want to get you know I don't want to get too far off the topic here. But uh, okay, so what are the benefits of personally forgiving others, especially in those areas at the low end of the scale? You know, the inconsiderate people who don't seem to be aware that anyone else around them even exists. 
Or to rephrase the question, what are the negative effects of allowing all these little aggravations to eat us up inside? And I think everyone has had those days that it just seems like that person standing in front of you taking forever at the checkout line is just doing that on purpose or... Yes. You know, and it just seems like those little annoyances. Well, so it, what's the benefit of just letting it go? Well, first of all, we discover we're not the center of the universe. Exactly. <laughs> and I have to... Copernicus called. <laughs> I personally have to remind myself to... Oh, that wasn't Copernicus, was I don't, it? I don't... I'm sorry. I don't think it was. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Oh. It was, Galileo. Galileo, yeah. <laughs> Galileo, Galileo. Science was <laughs> not my subject. <laughs> all right. Okay, anyway, let's get back. It? All right, let's go. What are the benefits? Rephrase the question. What are the negative effects allowing all these little aggravations eat us up inside? Well, I mean, you've seen people who are just everything that happens becomes a personal attack on them. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking as someone who's really struggled with this through the years. It's like Tabby said, the person in front of me who at the grocery it? store. No, you know, immediately decided to come up there because they saw me coming. Right. It turns into well, a form of narcissism. Yeah, it does. It, it yeah. really does. And that's what I, That's the only reason I threw that in about it, how deeply it's ingrained in us to want to blame someone for all the ills of, I of have, life. I have had to learn to remind myself that, okay, I get caught in my own little world too. Sometimes I'm sure I've done that to people before right. and never even realized what I'd done. Well, the raw truth is we really want to let those people know that their inconsiderate behavior has affected others, right? Yes. But does it serve any purpose to take it to task to call everyone on every perceived offense? Yeah, I don't know. I used to be one of those people big time that if someone did something, I wanted, if they cut me off in line, I wanted to speak just loudly enough. I was sure they would hear me and know that yeah. I didn't approve. But I may have jumped ahead of you, Tracy. You got to no, okay. gotta let those little things go. Yeah, yeah. You do. Have you ever been the passenger with one of those people um, whose whole personality changes when they get behind the wheel? <laughs> Road rage, they yeah. yell, they honk, they swerve, break, and gesture over the smallest of infractions. Uh, the reason I, I have. Well, the reason I don't know, I don't know anyone personally because uh-huh. I don't ride with very many people. No, and if they're I like that, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to ride with them. But I've got a friend and he talked about, he said, I went this place with this friend and he said, you know, he said, hey, he's such a mild manner and such a good. I said, we got on the road and said, man, he would yell out cuss words and slam the dash when everybody would do any little thing. He said, I was as nervous as a cat by the time we got where we were oh, going. Oh, wow. You know? <laughs> well, I, I have to share this, too, because it goes in with the forgiveness thing. Um, there's an interesting part in one of Stephen King's books. I'm a big Stephen King fan. And forgive me, but I could not figure out which one of his books it was. Do you, do you think this little I've, podcast will up his book sales or anything? <laughs> I, it, I uh, highly doubt it. <laughs> That honorable mention. There's there's this guy in one of his books, this character, and he can see what's going on in people's lives behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So he sees this woman and she's angry and she's hateful at her job where she's interacting with the public. But when he touches her hand, he suddenly sees that she was recently diagnosed with a serious disease and she's going through a divorce and she can't find a house to live in. So she's staying with a friend who has all of these kids and she's worn <laughs> out because she can't rest. And he realizes that at that moment he forgives her snappiness because he knows why she's being so snappy and so short. And and the concept is with this guy, this character in this book, is that he starts realizing that there's so much more going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Okay, there's That's... a little video that was going around on YouTube, and I mm-hmm. found it once just by pure accident, and it's sort of about what you're talking about. The guy has these glasses he puts on. 
Mm-hmm. And when he puts on these glasses, he sees what's really happening in that person's life mm-hmm. that's causing them to be like that. Now, I don't even know what the name of the video. I don't even know how to find it. I've tried to find it again, and I can't. But it's just a little short video. But he actually, you know, he's in there, and he's shocked by this people's behavior and what they're doing. And then he puts the glasses on, and he sees... And, you know, it's so easy for us to say, well, I've had a bad day. That's why I snapped at that person. But we're not quite as lenient with the other one. No. No, we're not. And the truth is we would all probably benefit from exercising exercising ourselves in the art of gracious forgiveness, at least on the things people do that may temporarily inconvenience us, but that really don't have any effect on us in the bigger scheme of things. And they wouldn't if we didn't let it bother us. If we didn't dwell on it, it would have no effect at all. Well, if we don't develop some skills at forgiveness, we may just become one of those people who are described as as a tightly coiled spring, spring ready to lunge at the least provocation, and no one really enjoys the company of that type of person. I certainly don't. But have you guys ever found yourself in the awe at the in awe at the ability of someone to forgive and thought to yourself, I just don't know if I could be as forgiving as what they are. When you watch people, Steve and I watch true crime all the time. Uh-huh. And when you watch this guy who has killed this woman's son and she's writing this guy letters and they're communicating back and forth in this forgiveness thing. I had it personally. I had it in the... Uh... I had that happen in the uh, Oklahoma City bombing, the yeah. Edward Murrow building, and uh, I can share that, and I was kind of taken back, and I pastored for a few years then, but the first church I pastored, uh, uh, one of the ladies from Oklahoma City had come, and she has family back here, and she visited and visited the church every time she was here, and I knew her. Uh, she's actually kind of remotely kin mm-hmm. to my wife in roundabout ways, but anyway, uh, not to get too far off the subject, but after that happened, and, and it went on for three or four days, and I knew her daughter worked there, and then I'd heard that her daughter, they hadn't found her, so she probably mm-hmm. died and did die in the Edward Murrow deal. And so I called her one Wednesday afternoon, and I thought, well, I'm going to have to call uh, Sheila and talk to her. And, and uh, so I called her. I you know, screwed up my courage, and mm-hmm. I called her and, and talked to her, and she and we talked for a little bit. She said, "Well, I've really got to get around and go." She said, uh, "I don't. I, I've enjoyed the conversation, but she said we, we've got a service tonight." I said, "We're going to pray." Now, this was before they ever knew who did anything, who who this mm-hmm. was that did this. This was, I mean, just days after this mm-hmm. happened. She said, "We're going to pray for whoever did this." Wow. Um, you yeah, know, and she had a daughter. I knew, I knew her daughter, Sonia, that was killed mm-hmm. in, in that. And wow, that's blew my mind. So really, it takes mature thinking people who, who understand the negative effects of unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they also understand the benefits of, you know, giving up. Yeah. And it all is. the ill symptoms, you know, giving up, the, giving up your right to be offended. Right. Yeah, and the truth is, a gracious, merciful, forgiving attitude leads to a happier and healthier and more balanced life. But how do we develop a forgiving attitude? I'm glad you asked because we've got some little pointers on that. And we'll return with a few tips on that topic in just a moment. Welcome back, fellow seekers, to part three of episode 47 of God Beyond the Bible, a podcast made by seekers and for seekers. Today's topic, as you know, is on forgiveness. 
And forgiveness is defined as the inclination to give up resentment against or to give up the desire to punish or to pardon the offense or offender. And you guys can't see our quotation marks or the (laughs) emphasis we're putting on the phrase give Give up up in the (laughs) definition. But to give up or forfeit resentment is akin to letting go of. And it doesn't imply that you have no reason to be offended, but that you have made a choice in spite of the offense to give up, forfeit, let go, or even redirect the reasonable response to the offense. And, and that's something I want to just point out. We have, it doesn't mean you had no right to be offended. Right. Yes. It's how are you going to react now? All of this is about how you choose to react to be enough. The offense has happened. You're never going to undo that. Mm-hmm. The offense is not going to be undone. In short, forgiveness is a choice. And you alone, as the offended party, have the ability and right to choose how you will respond to the offense. And occasionally, if not often, our initial response is the normal emotional reflex response. And it may be sometime later before we actually choose to forgive. In reality, a forgiving attitude, for the most part, is not natural to us. It takes practice. And our motivation for a forgiving attitude will likely be rooted in the practice of forgiving and the emotional and psychological reward we receive when we forgive. Yeah. Sometimes we realize the unforgiveness is overshadowing our life. <laughs> and, uh, and unfortunately, sometimes we don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's even exactly. worse. Yeah. It, I guess it's good. It's fortunate. It is when good we if do. when yeah. you realize it. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to have to forgive to be able to move on with our life. Unforgiveness, and I am speaking so from experience, it will destroy your opportunity for happiness and possibly even affect your overall health and well-being in the process. Uh, I want to share another story, and I've got a lot of stories, but one of my stories I want to share is in the last church, I'm not pastoring now, in the last church that I pastored, though, uh, several years ago, though, because I was there for 10 years, and several years ago, there was a woman that would call me almost every Sunday morning, and she was a person that I really didn't know, I just Mm -hmm. knew of, but... You know, somehow I felt like I was ministering to her and she would call me, but she just kept going on and on. It was all just this bit. And finally, one day, I t- after about this happened, three or four Sunday mornings before I was getting ready to go, I said, sis, it sounds to me like what it was, she just hung up over her husband had left her and left her with the kids mm-hmm. and left her for another woman. And she, that's, that was always, it would go back to that every time her husband. So my wife knew her better than I. And I said, how long ago did her husband leave her? She said she's 60 years old now and said that was back when she was like 35 or 40. It's been over 20 years ago. And she was locked in. She was just stuck there. So the next time I talked to her, I said, sis, have you thought about forgiving your husband? I said, it sounds to me like your whole life, you're still 20 years in the past. You're still locked into Mm -hmm. that bitterness of 20 years ago. And you've never moved on from that business, from that bitterness that you have. She never called me again. Oh, and that's so sad because you know her life has to be... Oh, it is. It's it's like being in a jail. Well, and I think this is a good time for us to take a look at what some suggest we do to promote an attitude of forgiveness. So the source on this is going to be Zen Habits. And if you're not familiar, the listeners with Zen and you're Christian, you say, what is Zen Habits? And yes, it's a a practice that Buddhists use. Mm -hmm. But just because Buddhists use it don't mean mean that it's some pagan. There are many practices in Buddhism that really coincide with Christianity. There are eight things they suggest here, Mm -hmm. right? And the first one is you need to commit to letting go. And you're not going to do it in a second 
And maybe not even in a day or a week. Or a month. Yes. It, it may take a year or two or to, yeah. To, yeah, to really get that. But but I want you to listen to these because it's commit to letting go. Because we're going to do a, after this, we're going to do a source from the Mayo Clinic. Mm-hmm. And I want you to just take a little mental note of how closely the medical side, psychological medical side of this fits into the spiritual mm-hmm. side of this. Okay. Think about the pros and cons. What problems does this pain pain cause you? And don't be afraid to write it out on a piece of paper that these, this is what the problem is, and this. Well, I, I, and I wrote there, you know, talk, that's what they said. Think about the pros and cons. I'm not sure I understand that. But is there really any benefit to nurturing the grudge? Makes you feel better for a little. Does while. it really? It does. does it make you feel better? Well, really? It makes you feel superior. You oh, feel justified. <laughs> yeah. You feel justified. Yeah. Okay. So number three is realize that you do have a choice. You have a choice about how you handle this. You have a choice about whether you let this go or not. And in the end, it's in your hands. And let me say this: not choosing, not making a choice, is to remain in bondage. It is mm-hmm. because you're already there. Mm-hmm. You're offended. You're there. Yes. You, that wasn't your choice to be there. The only choice you have is how you're going to respond. Are you going to stay there or are you going to move out of there? Mm-hmm. Number four is empathize. And we're going to talk about that. And I had a little trouble with that one as I was thinking about it. Maybe you guys can explain a little better. But I do know that you can't demonize. No. Empath- you know, it, because isn't empathize kind of what you were talking about when you said look beyond yeah. what's going on right then? But and, well, be- and ask yourself. Would I have made a decision like this right. if I was in there? Have I made done this to exactly. someone else? And don't else? you figure, though, that this is a little more on the lower end of the scale of offense? Yeah. You're not going to empathize is. with a rapist. And, no. and people need to realize, too, empathy and sympathy are two totally different things. Yeah. They're not so, the, But so. I, I wrote on mine, empathize, not demonize. Yeah. Yes. We, you know, we have a tendency to want to demonize. Mm-hmm. So number five is understand your responsibility. And I don't really know what that means. Understanding your responsibility. Is that you played some part in it? It can go one of two ways. Either you played some part in it, or you have the responsibility for your reactions. Okay, I I, I can buy that. But I was trying to think there are those severe cases where maybe you had no responsibility. No, in cases of, like like we were talking about, rape or things like that. Especially talking about, sexual mm-hmm. victims and stuff understanding yeah. that you had no responsibility and that is a huge is important. thing that yes. is yes. important yes it is so number six is focus on the present because you can never live in the present if you're focusing we, on something that and happened. we just gave the past is bondage just yes. like i gave yes. the example of the lady mm-hmm. the past is bondage number seven is allow peace to enter your life and i love the way they phrase that because if you just allow it, peace will come, but mm-hmm. you have to let it. You have to aggressively fight off peace from coming in. Um, and you number, really think so? Yeah, I really do. I think I don't know. You, I think it's more natural to us to just keep the aggression and keep the keep the pain and you know wallow it. That's just me. I, I'm just thinking. That, I think. I, or do you think? I think it takes effort to keep that aggressive sort of attitude. Okay, I think, so you're wanting to do that. So that's something yeah, you really want to do. So you're actually you're choosing acting. to do, but well, I think in our most natural state. Okay, I state. understand. Do you, do you think Paul in his letter to the Philippians where he wrote, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, if they're, mm-hmm. whatsoever things are pure, if there be any virtue, he said, he actually said his word was meditate mm-hmm. on these things. And it does there. So, so we're going to, I see what you're saying. We can actively meditate 
mm-hmm. on the bad, mm-hmm. or we can actively start looking for good in our life. And number eight is to feel compassion. Now, that's I could understand that a little more than the empathizing sometimes. Mm-hmm. The compassion you have compassion on the no matter because I mean just. First of all, the people that have, and, and if it's not on the high end of this scale, the feeling of compassion is like, what a miserable person they must be. Yes. Yeah. That's, the, that's the way I see the compassion. Okay. We're going to look at uh, another source and on forgiveness, and this is from the Mayo Clinic. And the title of this uh, little, I don't know what your article, I guess, that was written by the Mayo Clinic, by some folks from the Mayo Clinic, is it's titled Forgiveness. Letting go of grudges and bitterness. Now, the article is as follows, and we're going to swap this out a little bit because it's a pretty long read. I'll read a couple of paragraphs, and we'll just pass it on. Here's how the article goes. When someone you care about hurts you, you can hold on to anger, resentment, and thoughts of revenge, or embrace forgiveness and move forward. Now, that's an important statement there. I think. Mm-hmm. Now, who hasn't been hurt by the actions or words of another? Perhaps a parent constantly criticized you growing up. A colleague sabotaged a project, or your partner had an affair, or maybe you've had a traumatic experience, such as being physically or emotionally abused by someone close to you. These wounds can leave you with lasting feelings of anger and bitterness, even vengeance. But if you don't practice forgiveness, you might be the one who pays most dearly. By embracing forgiveness, you can also embrace peace, hope, Gratitude and joy. Consider how forgiveness can lead you down the path of physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. And the article continues by asking the question, what is forgiveness? Forgiveness means different things to different people. Generally, however, it involves the decision to let go of resentment and thoughts of revenge. The act that hurt or offended you might always be with you. But forgiveness can lessen its grip on you and help free you from the control of the person who harmed you. Forgiveness can even lead to feelings of understanding, empathy, and compassion for the one who hurt you. Forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting or excusing the harm done to you or making up with the person who caused the harm. Forgiveness brings a kind of peace that helps you go on with life. And it goes on. What are the benefits of forgiving someone? Letting go of grudges and bitterness can make way for improved health and peace of mind. Forgiveness can lead to healthier relationships, improved mental health, less anxiety, less stress and hostility, lower blood pressure, fewer symptoms of depression, a stronger immune system, improved heart health, and improved self-esteem. And remember, this is all from Mayo. Mm-hmm. These are, this is from you know, medical people. Uh, the next question they ask as they continue the article, why is it easy to hold a grudge? Being hurt by someone, particularly someone you love and trust, can cause anger, sadness, and confusion. If you dwell on hurtful events or situation, grudges filled with resentment, vengeance, and hostility can take root. If you allow negative feelings to crowd out positive feelings, you might find yourself swallowed up by your own bitterness or sense of injustice. Some people are naturally more forgiving than others, but even if you're a grudge holder, almost everyone can learn to be more forgiving. The article continues, what are the effects of holding a grudge? If you are unforgiving, you might bring anger into every relationship and new experience. Oh, and I see this happen all yes. I see that happen all the time. You might become so wrapped up in wrong that you can't enjoy the present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Become depressed and anxious. 
feel that your life lacks meaning or purpose or that you're at odds with your spiritual beliefs. And that's a big one. Mm-hmm. You might lose valuable and enriching connectedness with others. And it goes on. How do I reach a state of forgiveness? Forgiveness is a commitment to a personalized process of change. To move from suffering to forgiveness, you might recognize the value of forgiveness and how it can improve your life. Identify what needs healing and who needs to be forgiven and what they need to be forgiven for. Consider joining a support group or seeing a counselor. Acknowledge your emotions about the harm done to you and how they affect your behavior and work to release them. Choose to forgive the person who has offended you. Move away from your role as a victim and release the control and power that the offending person and situation have had in your life. As you let go of grudges, you'll no longer define your life by how you've been hurt. You might even find compassion and understanding. And the article continues. What happens if I can't forgive someone? Forgiveness can be challenging, especially if the person who's hurt you doesn't admit wrong. If you find yourself stuck, there are a few pointers they give. Practice empathy. Try seeing the situation from the other person's point of view. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself why he or she would behave in such a way. Perhaps you would have a you would have reacted similarly if you faced the same situation. Reflect on times, Tracy mentioned this a while ago, reflect on times you've hurt others and on those who have forgiven you. Write in a journal, pray or use guided meditation, or talk with a person you found to be wise and compassionate, such as a spiritual leader, a mental health provider, or an impartial, and impartial's big, or an (laughs) impartial loved one or friend. Be aware that forgiveness is a process. And even small hurts may need to be revisited and forgiven over and over again. The article continues, does forgiveness guarantee reconciliation? (laughs) If the hurtful even involved someone whose relationship you otherwise value, forgiveness can lead to reconciliation. This isn't always the case, however. Reconciliation might be impossible if the offender has died or is unwilling to communicate with you. In other cases, reconciliation might not be appropriate. Still, forgiveness is possible even if reconciliation is not. And that's important. Yes. It is. And it continues. What if the person I'm forgiving (laughs) doesn't change? (laughs) Getting another person to change their actions, behavior, or words isn't the point of forgiveness. Think of forgiveness more about how it can change your life by bringing you peace happiness, and emotional and spiritual healing. Forgiveness can take away the power the other person continues to wield in your life. And I think we make that mistake, and we'll probably talk Mm -hmm. about that some more, but we make that mistake a lot. We think, well, I'll forgive them, and then they'll change. They may never, Never. they may never even acknowledge. Mm -hmm. Okay, And, and the article continues. What if I'm the one who needs forgiveness? Now, how did I get this one? But what if, what, what if I'm the one who needs forgiveness? The first step is to honestly assess and acknowledge the wrongs you've done and how they have affected others. And avoid judging yourself too harshly. And I think I wrote a little note here. Uh, you know, you can't let, because you've offended someone, hurt someone, you can't let that turn into self-loathing and, right. and yes. you know, all of, all of that stuff, you know. So, uh, you know, self-condemnation and guilt and all. I think right. that's what they mean. So avoid judging yourself too harshly. If you're truly sorry for something you've said or done, 
consider admitting it to those you've harmed. Speak of your sincere sorrow or regret and ask for forgiveness without making excuses. Amen, yes. Uh, and and I, I just want to go ahead and say, sometimes, and, and this is not in the article, I'm, I'm just commenting here on right. the article before we continue, uh, sometimes people aren't ready to forgive you. No. And that's okay, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, matter of fact, it's probably healthy if the person says, you know, I'm just not ready to forgive you. That, and you've asked for forgiveness, that's about all you can do. And and listen, folks, sorry is not a magic word. No, it's not. I mean, you know, oh, I'm sorry if I've done something. Well, I started know. to say, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but is not an yeah, apology. Yeah, well, that's how it says, ask for forgiveness without making excuses. Now, on with the article. Remember, however, you can't force someone to forgive you. Others need to move to forgiveness in their own time. Yeah. Whatever happens, commit yourself to treating others with compassion, empathy, and respect. And that concludes the article from the Mayo Clinic. That's very good. It was really good. Did you notice how closely the forgiveness process suggested by medical professionals mirrors the spiritual aspects? I was really impressed that they said you may find yourself at odds with your spirituality and all of this. Yes. I mean, so they know, I mean, you know, folks, we often just have this wall between <laughs> us and the, and the medical field. And we these do. people are real people that do these studies and they think about all the things that affect us. I'm sorry. No, Tabitha, you're go fine. Ahead. How about the, sorry, it's not the magic word. Louisiana. That's right. <laughs> how about the acknowledgement of how our mental and physical health is adversely affected by unforgiveness? I was really impressed by the blood pressure thing. Mm-hmm. All of the other the things. Cardiovascular. Cardiovascular. All of this stuff, you know, I've said before, stress and unforgiveness is a type of stress. It is. It's connected to all of those things. One of the most valuable points may have been that our forgiveness can't be contingent on the offender showing remorse or changing his or her ways. And Mm. that is a, that's easier said than done. I understand that. But we have to still. I want to forgive you, but I want you to do things the right way. Yeah, it's a process. And again, you have to remember forgiveness is for you. That's Not right. for anyone so, else. So, do you think it's reasonable to think that Jesus put so much emphasis on forgiveness because he knew of the spiritual and emotional pitfalls involved in unforgiveness? Jesus not only said to forgive our enemies, but at the end of the model prayer, he commanded his audience to forgive so that your Father in heaven may forgive you. Now, some people interpret this statement as a command to force us to forgive. If you think about it, Jesus was smart, smartest guy I know, (laughs) and and he fully understood human nature. He wasn't of the impression that true heartfelt forgiveness could be commanded or demanded uh, from some external source. Instead, instead, it's more likely he knew that if we didn't practice forgiveness, we would find it difficult, if not impossible, to genuinely receive the benefits of knowing that we have been forgiven in the true visible image of our invisible God. Jesus not only taught forgiveness, he demonstrated it right up into his death on the cross when he uttered, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Well, Tracy, do you want to conclude? I think I'll conclude this time. (laughs) So forgiveness is not natural for us as humans. However, it is essential. You may be shaking your head and saying, that's all well and good, but you don't know what that person's done to me. And you're right. But if you are suffering because of what's happened to you at the hand of another, consider forgiveness. 
the process of giving up your rightful response of anger and hate in hope of replacing it with peace and joy and a better life with better relationships. Would that hope not be worth it? And as always, until next time, God's grace, peace, and love be on you, our fellow seekers, from all of us here at God Beyond the Bible. Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? Connect with us today. Visit our website at godbeyondthebible.com, all one word, or send us an email at email at godbeyondthebible.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.